This episode is brought to you by The Wellness Company and more specifically, their Spike Support Formula. This product is a revolutionary, you guys. I was introduced to The Wellness Company Spike Support from my friend Kid Carson and was immediately interested as I myself have been deep diving into the literature of COVID spike proteins, which is the legacy of the COVID virus and the vaccines, and it's linked to all kinds of long haul issues. And people want to know, how the heck do I get this out of my body and protect myself moving forward? Well, the all-natural solution that I have been using is Spike Support. The Spike Support formula is a unique combination of targeted ingredients researched to block and dissolve COVID spike protein in the bloodstream. So whether you got the shot, you're watching the research pour in about the vaccine shedding, or you had a rough go with COVID, spike protein is a serious concern. And while we won't know the true extent of the damage for years, there is something you can do now to protect yourself and keep you and your family well. Hundreds of people, vaccinated or not, have reported better mental clarity, increased energy levels, and many more positive outcomes from the spike support formula. Take spike support daily to combat spike proteins and get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Go to twc.health forward slash unfiltered and use code unfiltered to save 10% at checkout. That's twc.health forward slash unfiltered code unfiltered for 10% off. Hello everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind. And I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 172 of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, December 6, 2023. Last month of the year, folks, 25 days left of 2023 as of this moment. Wow, it's flown by. And if you're anything like me, you are ready for 2024, the new challenges it will bring, the new year energy, the fresh start vibes, the continuation of your growth. Yes, you, your growth expansion, and emotional and mental resiliency. There's no doubt in my mind that if you're listening today, you are somewhere in the midst of your own journey, right? Be it in at the beginning, perhaps the middle or nicely settled right into that ongoing, beautiful chaos of growth. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, I believe I am. And for those of you who are done messing around, who are looking at 2024 as the year it all changes as the year you level up. If you are done playing small and ready to step up, get serious about moving in an upward direction of your life. You know that you're worthy of it, be it in relationships, be it in your business, parenting, purpose. I cannot stress enough the importance of learning, practicing, and repeating. Yes, repetition is arguably the, the, the secret ingredient to the internal work required for you to let go of your self-limiting beliefs, unexpressed emotion, and that tyrant of the mind, which I like to call the ego, who talks you into staying small, sick, sad, stagnant, right? 
that voice in your mind that controls everything you do, whether you hear it or not. For those of you that are done messing around and want 2024 to be different, you don't want it to look exactly like the last five years, 10 years, 15 years. You don't want to be moving at a snail's pace. For some of you, the answer might be yes. Yes, you, 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 you would like things to look the same. But for those of you who know there is more out there and that mindset, attachments, bias, fears, subconscious belief systems are holding you back and will 100% continue to hold you back regardless of how hard you try, because I know everyone tries. I myself have gone through an extensive period of time trying. Then I invite you to explore the Your New Era six-month self-mastery mentorship. Ooh, this is good. It is juicy. It is intense. It is beautiful. It is mindful. It is empowering because you are meant for more. And listen, you are ready. You are already on the way. But what if I told you that 90% or more of the things that you think you need don't even matter? It's a distraction. It's noise. What if I told you that the solution to your heartbreak, your overwhelm, frustration, the sense of lack, even in a world of abundance where you have gratitude, what if I was to tell you that that's not your fault and that's a symptom of other people's limits disguised as your ideas? Would you believe me? For those of you who are ready, who are doers, who do not want to waste one more day looping in familiarity and trust that there's more to life for them, go to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com and learn more about your new era mentorships. There is only 10 spaces left, 10 spaces left. It begins January 23rd, 2024. Go check it out, elisaunfilteredcoaching.com and apply today. Okay, now on to today's episode. Today I have a very deep, very real, talk about uncomfortable conversations. It was a difficult yet very informative conversation with Dr. Jim Thorpe. Dr. Thorpe is an obstetrician, gynecologist, and maternal fetal medicine specialist. He's also the chief of maternal and prenatal health at the wellness company who received his medical degree from Wayne State University School of Medicine and has been in practice for more than 40 years. As many of you know, because I've been quite public about it, Michael and I are currently on our own fertility journey and have faced many roadblocks. If you haven't guessed it, this episode is about fertility. (laughs) My goal in this conversation was to help myself as well as the thousands of couples, women Mm -hmm. and men who struggle with infertility to understand what's going on and perhaps provide solutions to improve your awareness, immune system, and overall health in order to support pregnancy in today's world. We cover many controversial topics, including vaccine impacts on fertility, medical ethics, informed consent, reproductive health, and the corruption in the medical community. I found this conversation, like I said earlier, difficult. I had to take several deep breaths throughout. And also, I found this conversation extremely validating and informative. Since my talk with Dr. Jim Thorpe, 
Michael and I have actually made adjustments to our plan and we are now paying attention in new ways. And I hope that regardless if you're on a fertility journey or not, your eyes are opening a little bit bigger to this conversation that maybe you're looking at things slightly different so that you can improve your overall health and the health of the people around you and your loved ones. With that being said, hard conversations are what this podcast is all about. It's called Elise Unfiltered for a reason. And if we only heard one side of the story over and over, how does that benefit anyone? So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Here is Dr. Jim Thorpe. Hello, Dr. Thorpe. Welcome to the Elise Unfiltered podcast. How are you today? I'm very blessed to be on your show. Thank you, Elisa, for having me on your platform. Well, I don't think you have any idea what you're about to get into <laughs> um, as your eyes widen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a really, it's an honor to be speaking with a doctor with so much history, with so much experience in the world of fertility especially for me, as I have been on a three-year, nearly three-year fertility journey. So I do have some personal questions to ask you. However, this fertility seems to be a big topic in today's world. Infertility, to be more precise. And I want to start sort of high level here. Are you seeing fertility rates declining and infertility rates increasing in both men and women today? Elisa, we've seen dramatic increases in infertility and in infertile couples, both male and female infertility. Can you give me some statistics on that? Like what was it five years ago, 10 years ago? Well, um, what I can tell you, if if you look in terms of of birth rates as a proxy, if 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 you want to do that, I think that that's probably the easiest way as there's no really good reliable actual state statistics that track uh, actual birth rates per thousand. Um, usually it's measured birth rates per thousand of women of, of reproductive age. There's other ways of doing it, but there's not good reliable data. What we do know is the birth rates are seasonal seasonal and so that you'll mm. see natural fluctuations and most countries for that reason don't report fertility rates you know month by month or birth rates but what i can tell you for sure elisa is that the declining birth rates globally are stunning and they really took off not in 2020 but they they did a new aggressive trajectory uh, of rising infertility rates after the vaccine was rolled out. So when you look at a reduction in birth rate of a, com- a country, you know, even by 1% or so or 2%, that's very significant um, because those normalized curves are quite tight. So, you know, when, when you have a, a small um, reduction in those birth rates, um, it's concerning. The birth rates have gone down in almost every country, especially the countries that are the most vaccinated, have gone down anywhere from 6% to 10% to 20% globally. Um, And those are devastating numbers 
um, again, I would guesstimate that a, a, a you know a six percent reduction in birth rate is extraordinarily concerning and and probably represents a couple of standard deviations um, below a surge of at least two or three standard deviations or sigma, which is very concerning. Uh, but but all the comp- countries have experienced the same thing. Now. I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but since the turn of the century, okay, we've had very subtle declines in birth rates, very, very subtle, ever so subtle, suggesting to me that that the whole issue is kind of a multifactorial. Um, there's many factors that are going into it, but clearly, if if you kind of look at at, at the birth rates are just ever so slightly declining, but then you get up to 2021 and they spike. Okay. So the reason I woke up to the system and what's going on was that my boyfriend and I were starting our fertility journey. And I saw an article. I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast. It's it's possible that I did. I saw an article in the New York Times of all places that this was during COVID that an, a, a, a reporter was questioning one ingredient that's in the vaccines. They had not rolled out yet. They were in trials. They were talking about this new MNRA stuff. And he just said that he was curious about one ingredient because it had correlation to infertility. And I was reading this and I was like, that is super interesting. So I bookmarked it because I wanted to show my boyfriend. And later that day or the next day, it was not a long time. I could not find it. The article was was gone. And I was like, I felt like I was taking crazy pills. And I said, no, I read this and I think it's really interesting. And I'm going to wait. At that point, I actually had already had COVID. I had an antibodies test to confirm it. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to get this vaccine. That was sort of my entry into it. And people had a very hard time in my life, in my family, including members of my family who have since woken up. But in that time, they had a very hard time with me because they thought I should get vaccinated because it's super safe. For women who are pregnant, people are still getting pregnant. Women are having healthy babies um, and all of this stuff. Uh, I mean, I have two cousins who had babies over COVID and their kids are seemingly normal and fine. And um, that I'd like you to speak a little bit to that. Why was the ingredients of the vaccine so hush hush and and no one could talk about it. That's number one. And number two, did women and pregnant women get gaslit here on this on this topic? Well, first of all, um, the first question, and I'll try to be brief here, but uh, it, it's illegal to roll out a drug and not provide the contents. You know, I have a. This is a. I just found this yesterday. This is a. I think this is uh, this is the this is the insert the package insert all right okay that every single 
person should get and uh, by law has to be put in anything that's dispensed to anybody in the world. It's a package insert. Yes, I've seen this those in my like medications. When I pick up prescriptions, there's always like a billion papers shoved in there. Yeah, look at that thing. He's unraveling a poster. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. What, what's what do you what do you see on it? <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. There's nothing. Turn it over the other side. What? What, what do you see on it? I say intentionally blank. <laughs> okay. This is still going on. This nonsense is still going on. This is illegal. Well, the okay, reason- so th- is that an insert for like a COVID vaccine? Yeah. Yes. And so they're just putting in a blank piece of paper for real? Yes, for real. This is from my pharmacist. I demanded to see it. And I. this is after I got in some uh, pretty heated disputes with the pharmacist uh, after the rollout <clears throat> when they uh, illegally blocked me from prescribing a life-saving drug, which I've used for 40 years in pregnant women, hydroxychloroquine. Mm. The, um, and I don't won't get into the weeds on that, though. But yeah, the reason why it was left blank is because of the fact, uh, for, for two reasons, is because there was illegal stuff in there. It was extraordinarily dangerous, extraordinarily dangerous. There was novel substances in there, and it was actually illegal. It was a DOD product, and they said it's illegal for anybody to look at it. Of course, many of us did. The second question you asked was, were women gaslit? Listen, Elisa. Yeah, wake up and smell your coffee. Mm-hmm. Women were not only gaslit, but women were targeted. And my wife, Maggie, who's an attorney, and my, uh, my, my wife and soulmate and best friend and a brilliant attorney, um, we've investigated that and we've published on that extensively. They targeted women. And this is what is so outrageous. This is what's so outrageous. They targeted women and and bragged about it. Deputy Secretary Mark Weber of the United States Department of Health and Human Services, Deputy Secretary Mark Weber at the time in early 2021, launched a campaign to aggressively market this. um, And he talked about grabbing the low hanging fruit, Mm. women. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and the reason why women are targeted is very simple. It's it's a long, age-old marketing strategy, and I've known it my whole career. When, when hospitals want to market their services, they go after women. And I know that because I've been the head of, of departments, and they come after me to help go after women. Why? Because women make all the health care decisions, regardless of your color, your nation of origin, your ethnicity, your ideology, your women make the healthcare decisions. Even husbands, uh, knucklehead husbands like me, who are physicians, I don't make. I've never made the healthcare decisions. I don't mm-hmm. even make my. own. I mean, my wife does, and it's <laughs> the same in every culture. So that's why they targeted over ninety percent of healthcare systems globally are made by women. Number one. So this is why they entered into these illegal, unethical, immoral, um, uh, what what we would call a cooperative care agreement, which is a binding contract in early 2021. Mark Weber, the Department of Health and Human Services, the United States Food and Drug Administration, the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Pfizer, 
all knew that this was the deadliest medicine, vaccine, gene therapy, medical intervention, whatever you want to call it, the deadliest ever rolled out. It was associated with 1,223 dead people in just 10 weeks, the deadliest medication ever rolled out. They tried to bury that for 75 years and instead rolled out a campaign to promote it as uh, safe, effective, and necessary in pregnant women. And they immediately captured the American College of OBGYN, which controls 61,000 OBGYN doctors like myself in two continents, 61,000, Elisa. And they signed, took millions of dollars, signed an unethical, under the table, confidential, in a dark room contract, greased their pockets with millions, took the money as a quid pro quo, signed a contract with HHS and CDC that said, you have to push this. You cannot allow your obstetricians uh, to deviate from our narrative. And if you do, you need, you'll have to pay it back. Now you say, oh, BS, that's hard to believe, Thorpe. No, Maggie and I did a FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act request. We published that. We've proved that. There were 1,400 pages we've received of FOIA requests between uh, the, the HHS and the CDC and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. This is fact. We submitted that a year ago. We got the request. We, we got the results, whatever, six months ago, five months ago or so, and we published them. That's, that's, a, that's proven. It's proven. So, so there was a concerted effort to go after women for two reasons. We talked about the marketing strategy, number one. Number two, there was a second strategy here. By God, if you can convince the world with $5 trillion of U.S. tax dollars, which is how much has been spent to date, $5 trillion of COVID-related I'll call them bribes because that's what they were. And I suspect that most of that $5 trillion was linked with some type of a quid pro quo, whether it was a cooperative care agreement that we proved they did with the American College of OBGYN in early 2021, or whether it was a practitioner going in um, on a, and giving them their private bank account information and taking money for whatever reason yeah, there was an electronic agreement assigned by that when, when you see those come up online. Um, I suspect, okay, so that so, so why? I'm, I'm, I'm painting the background. Uh, here's the bottom line. If they can convince the world that the most vulnerable population of all the world, it's not children, it's not young adolescents, it's pregnant women. Pregnant women are the most dangerous, the most risky, the most significant subset of any of our entire population. They're the most vulnerable. Pregnant women and their preborns and newborns. If you can convince the world that this is safe, effective, and necessary in pregnant women, they've won the war. Every yeah. single human being on the planet should have one. So for those two reasons, marketing strategy grab the low-hanging fruit, and then push it in pregnancy, capture the 
ACOG, which they did. And then ACOG illegally threatened me and every other one of their 61,000 said, by God, if you deviate from our narrative, you will lose your ability to practice. And that's why I'm one of the very few obstetricians. There's only a few of us. There's less than a dozen out of that 61,000 that I'm aware of. Uh, um, and less than a dozen. Um, so, so those are so really less than a dozen what that are still practicing after speaking out against what's going on, or no, did you know there's you... A, a, a dozen obstetricians in this entire North America that I'm aware of that if have, have not even a dozen, there's not a dozen that have taken a stance like I have. I can li- I can tell you who the names are. I mean, I can tell you. I mean, yeah. the, um, myself, yeah. Jim Thorpe. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup, who was, by the way, she's not actively practicing, but she's a she's one of the most influential OBGYN doctors uh, in the entire world in my career. You probably heard of her. She's very, very uh, famous, uh, been all over Oprah and um, and so forth, uh, written a lot of books, um, highly uh, famous. So so it's it's Christiane Northrup. There's another uh, obstetrician, two other in Florida, one one by the name of Dan McDyer, a, a brilliant young man, probably 10, 15, 20 years my junior. I'm, I'm an old fart. I'm 70 years old. <laughs> and then there's Kimberly Biss in St. Petersburg, uh, 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 just a really incredible uh, OBGYN doctor. She's very young, too. When I, when I say very young, they're three, they're, they're, more than halfway through their careers and they're very established in their medical groups, in their board of directors, uh, very, very well. There's an obstetrician in Springfield, uh, Missouri, you know, and um, her name is Poppy Daniels. Um, uh, there's, there's a few other, uh, th- th- that's really it. Th- so that's really my question. It. My next question is how, did they capture doxers in terms of ethics? You are, um, a, I would, I would like to consider most doctors to be, I, I, I once thought doctors knew it all and they were really smart and they would make the best choices for their patients, that it was patients first. And it's really hard to imagine that my doctor would recommend something to me knowing full well I was on a fertility journey and knowing that this was going on in the background. Did all doctors know? Were they given the right information? Was there like, because informed consent was an argument of skeptics that we were not getting informed consent. And even right now, listening to you saying these things like it's bone chilling. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of women, most people I know, most women I know took the vaccine, whether they're going to get pregnant or not. I know children, little girls who got it. They forced it on kids. They're giving kids donuts at school. They were making parents feel as though they were insane. They're going to kill their kids. They're going to kill their grandmothers if their kids like the strategy was brilliant. How did this happen? Like how did the doctors not stand up? Why is there only a handful? And to add to that, now I'm more willing to listen to doctors like yourself who have everything to lose standing up for the truth. Because 
people are losing their jobs. They're losing their incomes. They're losing the ability to connect and actually help patients. So how did this happen? This happened very easily. It was pre-planned. The, the pandemic was pre-planned. You know, if you look at event 201 in October of 20, uh, uh, 2019, um, and remember, this has been planned for a long time. And, you know, 40 years ago, the vast majority of physicians, you know, when I graduated from medical school in 1979, almost all physicians were self-employed uh, in private practices. Very few of them were controlled. Um, and, and so what's happened over the last, you know, 45 years in my career is that, you know, the number of captured, when I say physicians that are employed is now the vast majority, it's rare. So that when you are employed, then what happens is that you don't have, you have no independence in giving informed consent to your patients. And if you do, um, and, and I'm talking about even, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when they started, Obama started this, uh, this um, HIPAA uh, and, and transport, uh, transportability healthcare act and it was the beginning of the end of medicine and that was purposeful too so everything is done electronically all the and as soon as the government captures healthcare um it's it becomes a communist nation and that's what's happened to us and so you know i was fighting this fight the whole since the turn of the century um you know with my uh, with with my employers when i was the the director of of maternal fetal medicine you know, I was told what to do and I, I wouldn't comply and then I, I would get in trouble. So so we're controlled. We have we have puppets now. We have administrators that are that are telling us what to do. And if we don't do it the way they want to do it, they'll fire us. Now that's been going on for, for two decades now, but it really ramped up with it became way over the top with with a pandemic. Now what 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 the government did was, like I, I told you, going back to the story in February, February 2021, to be precise, February 28th, 2021, the rollout, the 90-day rollout uh, or 12-week or rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine produced by Pfizer was legally mandated up, and they had to report that data on February 28th, which they did. Um, it wasn't a 12-week rollout. It was really a 10-week rollout because while they sent the drugs out uh, December 1st, uh, 2020, they really didn't start receiving them and getting injections in patients until two weeks later. So in that 10 weeks, it was the deadliest drug ever rolled out, as I mentioned. And, and for your listeners, and please put this link in, go to DuckDuckGo, go to any search engine except Google and Type in Pfizer, P-F-I-Z-E-R, 5.3.6, and then P-H-M-P-T. P is in Peter, H is in Harry, M is in Mary, P is in Peter, T as in Tom. And you'll come right up to the document of Pfizer's document that was available. And if you go to page seven, uh, there's you'll see 1,223 dead and almost 10 times that number. And by the way, they were predominantly women, by the way. 
And then if you go to page 12 of that document, they weren't even supposed to be enrolling pregnant women, Elisa. They were not even supposed to be enrolling pregnant women. And so how did were, this uh, happen? Like, how did they do that then? Like, I mean, is there no medical ethics? That's no, that's- no. The medical ethics are gone. I, I'm medical ethics are gone. Um, so, so think about this now. This was the deadliest drug ever rolled out. Our government and your government's worse. Your nut job Trudeau. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get on him in a little bit, especially with his cocaine incident down in India. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nut job, you know, communist, fascist Trudeau. He's he's as bad as Biden or worse. I mean, I, I, he's demented. I, I'm know, interested to know did, as an American, because I have a lot of American friends who see Canadian uh, media and who, who like America paints Canada in a certain way, a different way than Canada paints Canada because our media is captured by the liberal government. So we see a very specific narrative. We don't really have a counter media. Now media is being censored. Um, podcast, they're coming after podcasters now. It's really difficult to just talk about it, but I really find it interesting listening to my international friends on how Canada is because it is not the way Canadians are served information. So you say our prime our prime minister is demented, and that is going to trigger the vast majority of listeners, even if they don't like Trudeau, because we don't see that. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I'm I'm a Michigander, and I love Canadians. I, I you know, I, I love Canadians. I, I love them. I love the Canadian people. I always have. I've always felt very close to them, and they've always mm-hmm. been really a good ally. Mm-hmm. But Trudeau is a nut job. He's crazy. Uh, I, I I suspect he has a huge conflict of interest and owns a lot of interest in the pharmaceutical companies, and and I I I also suspect he must maybe uh, is a cocaine addict. I mean, mm-hmm. who flies a state jet to continental India for uh, you know for formal governmental meetings and has a a, a plane load of cocaine? I mean, who does that? Is your media reporting that? I mean. This no. isn't Jim. Thornton. No, you're the first. I, I've never I didn't even hear that. I didn't yeah. Hear that. I mean, this is not Jim Thorpe reporting yeah. this. This is the Indian government. He went down there and the, the cocaine dog sniffer sniffed his plane out. They reported it. Why, why isn't he in jail? I mean, and he was so stoned and drugged out that he couldn't wouldn't even attend the meetings. I mean, what kind of a leader is that? I mean, why don't the Canadian people know that? And and by the way, it's not like I'm, you know, um, nothing sacred here. My government's worse. I mean, Biden Mm -hmm. is the the White House was loaded with cocaine. Where Mm -hmm. oh, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't know. There's a camera in every room. Okay, Mm -hmm. they know where the where the crack. Why don't these people, why aren't, why isn't Trudeau in jail? Why isn't our administration in jail? They've pulled off highly unethical, highly illegal, you know, uh, um, actions to their people over the last decade. It's horrible. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, there's, when it comes to the Canadian people, I will just say this, Canada is known for being nice. We have always been so nice. And it was really interesting to see how quickly we turned on our neighbors for the sake of being virtuous. We were told to do the right thing 
and doing the right thing for our can for our country to flatten the curve to all of these things was over and over and over to do the right thing. The virtue signaling on social media was out of this world and it caused immediate divisiveness. Our prime minister called people like me racists, misogynists. And that was like, hold on a second. Most Canadians agreed with that. They let it go. They let it be fact and they divided. So our leaders are now calling unvaccinated people anti-vaxxers. People in my life say that I'm an anti-vaxxer, that I'm a right-wing Trump supporter. I'm Canadian. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm very centrist in my political views, but the political ideologies are becoming fact now. People are mis- the, the word misinformation wasn't even a thing. And it's like the drug companies and the government have been the number one sellers of misinformation over the last three years. And yet the people, um, they, they have such a lock in that they are, they did the right thing, that they are right in what their choices were, that they can't even see. They've become mindless. They no longer have any room for new information. The dissonance is so intense that even just hearing things like you're saying, like this is a deadly drug, they can't even see it regardless of the history of the opioid crisis, for example. And this, what was it? It was, was it Xanax? No, thalidomide, it thalidomide, diethylstilbestrol. Like the, the entire, the, even take ivermectin. Ivermectin has now proven to stop uh, severe outcomes of COVID-19 as has vitamin D, just vitamins, living a healthy lifestyle. And it's all like all of these things, people can't see that, that instead of, of choosing healthy lifestyle, thinking for yourself, getting fit, losing weight, like the core morbidities were very clear from the start. And people instead bought into this one solution outcome and and rolled with it for years. And there's still people getting their fifth, sixth, seventh booster. And I'm just like, oh my God, at what, like, how does that happen? Okay. I, I think I'm going on a little bit too much of a tangent here. And I'm sure you have a lot of things to say, because I do want to whip this back into the fertility crisis. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I think I can speak to some of that. And, okay. and let, let's again now go back. I keep coming back for you and the audience to February 28th, 2021. There was a collusion between your government and my government. And by the way, Five Eyes are all intertwined. Are you familiar with Five Eyes? No. Five Eyes is United States, America, Canada, UK. New Zealand and Australia. Australia. Okay. And, well, that and, makes sense. And, and so they can do uh, what they, they've set up this network, with, which they share intelligence. So um, Biden can do illegal stuff on me by having the other four eyes and five eyes uh, provide them with all the information and spy on me and then give it to them. And that skirts the constitution and such. That's how they work together. It's interesting that the five eye countries are the most captured uh, by the globalists. Yeah, because now, they're now, the freest. They're like the freest countries. And now they they're were. almost, they were, and now they're getting locked into right. the, yeah. 
So here, here's the important thing for your audience. This is why I keep going back. I want to circle yeah. back. Yeah, February circle back. 28th, 2021, the deadliest drug ever. Um, your government, I suspect, was aware of that, too, um, because Pfizer shared it with all the government. They had to. I, I know everybody in the world was aware of it because a whistleblower released it a month later. Deadliest drug ever. They hide it for 75 years and roll out a multi-trillion dollar campaign to bribe every sector of your society and my society, all of the influencers, like the American College of OBGYN. Listen, Elisa, this is really important for you to understand and your audience. He who pays the piper calls the tunes. Mm -hmm. He who pays the piper calls the tunes. $5 trillion is a lot of money. Every single uh, media outlet was controlled and were paid to say it's safe, effective, and necessary in pregnant women. Up there was even worse. It was horrible down here. Um, every single influencer, you know, Hollywood star, political stars, uh, newspapers, medical journals, medical NGO, non-governmental organizations that, that uh, oversee physicians and nurses, we were, they were all bought with quid pro quo agreements and they all threatened their members. Um, they made us into an evil person. Um, listen, I've never been an anti-vaxxer. I'm a patriot. I'm a former officer in the United States of America Air Force. I've put my life on the line for my country. I took all my vaccinations. I gave my children all my vaccinations. I was never taught anything. I went to a major medical school, a major medical school, one of the best in the country, Wayne State University School of Medicine uh, at the time, uh, still is one of the most clinical and best medical schools. We were never taught anything about vaccines except they were necessary, important, and here's the schedule. Nothing in vaccinology. I believed the medical journals. I believed our government up until about you know 20 years ago when I started questioning and, and seeing the false science. So, so there's a massive, massive uh, opportunity here um, for the government and the pharmaceutical, what I would now call the military medical industrial complex, to control mm -hmm. their population and make massive amounts of money and control all the information. And, and that's really what they did. That's why uh, the Canadian people and the American people, by and large, are, are still brainwashed because I was brainwashed and I was a physician until I woke up and actually did my due diligence and looked at the data. It was irrefutable. Listen, newsflash, Canadians, you cannot trust your government. You cannot trust your prime minister. You cannot trust any of your doctors. Your doctors are, and nurses are all coerced. They're not allowed to tell you the truth. If they do, they'll be persecuted like I was persecuted, like all the doctors in the United States of America were persecuted heavily, like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, myself, and so many others, so many others. Listen, I was, I was just fired from, uh, from my job It's Sisters of St. Mary's Health. Uh, earlier this summer, um, where whom I had served honorably, and and the CEO Kevin Elledge, who called me up, and my wife's an attorney. I knew this was coming. I had been on uh, testified in the United States Senate, been on Tucker Carlson, been on 
you know, half a thousand, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of, of public platforms like this and many others around the world. And, um, you know, I was a number one producer for SSM Health out of St. Louis. They had like 10 or 11 offices in the Midwest. And uh, I was on staff and, and read, uh, served them for uh, as a maternal fetal medicine physician reading high risk obstetrical scans uh, for like eight or 10 offices. I saw like almost 28,000 patients in, in, the, in the last four and a half years. I was the most published physician in the department. I published over 250 articles in my career. Um, and, and those are all on my, uh, they may not all be listed on National Library of Medicine, but they're in my CD and that CD is available upon request. I published 70 articles just in the last three years on COVID-19. Um, so they knew where I stood. But as the CEO said, you know, Jim, Dr. Thorpe called me, you're a model physician, you know, your ethics and your your morals, your intellectual are, are beyond reproach. Uh, and mm -hmm. everybody loves you, uh, you know, went on for 30 minutes like that. And then said, well, we have to fire you, um, you know, for no cause. We have a, a no cause uh, termination, you know, on both sides. You or us could have invoked that for a 120 day notice. Well, um, and then offered me a massive amount of money if I signed a, a separation agreement. I can't even tell you how much money it was. My attorneys won't let me. It was a massive amount of money just to shut me up. Well, I wouldn't take the money. Um, so, you know, within seven minutes of that conversation, I was terminated. Uh, you know, I hadn't even received the agreement. I just told them I wouldn't take the money. They sent out a system-wide email saying, effective immediately, Dr. Thorpe is fired, no longer seeing patients. That that implies a a, a cause. That implies that I was a bad doctor. Um, I didn't even, they didn't even let me finish out my 120 days. Um, I was fired immediately. And and I was the most, uh, uh, according to many, uh, I was the most loved uh, physician there uh, in my department. So they didn't, I was the number one money producer, obviously. I read five more scans, five times more scans than some of my junior partners. And the only person that came anywhere near me was I, I read two over twofold more scans than he did. So my point is that I was the number one money producer for the company, yet they sacrificed me. I was Tucker Carlsonized, uh, if you will, yeah, yeah. exactly like Tucker Carlson. He was the number one money producer, but the controllers had to take him out because he was uh, threatening their narrative. Yeah, he and was asking too many questions. Th that's right. And, you know, these people at SSM Health, I, I love them. They're really good people. I have a lot of friends back there, and I'm not picking on them. But, you know, after... A week after that, Maggie and I find, found out they took $306.9 million in early 2021. So they likely signed the exact same agreement that American College of OBGYN did. They didn't want to fire me. They had to fire me. Somebody called them up and said, terminate Thorpe, you know, execute Thorpe. You know, he's making, he was in the United States Senate making too much noise. He was on Tucker Carlson making too much noise. Fire him or you have to pay back 307 almost 307 million dollars of money that we gave you that's what that's how they operate and that's how all the hospitals are controlled this is not just i'm not picking on ssm health sisters of saint mary 
Health and Kevin Elledge and, and Laura Kaiser, the CEOs there, $10 billion, almost a $10 billion hospital system. I, I don't mean to pick on them. Every other hospital, all the hospital systems in the country that are that size and even much smaller have the same contract. So they will threaten. This is no longer science, uh, Elisa. I was never asked to do a grand rounds. I'm the most academic published physician uh, you know, in the department, if not in the entire system. I don't think there's any other doctors of all the thousands of doctors in the entire system that have published 70 articles on COVID in the last three years, yet they terminated me. They had to terminate me. So this is this is how they capture uh, the Canadian. And, and there's only few doctors up there in Canada, like down here, that are heroes. Mm-hmm. I no longer have any respect. You know, before, you talk about gaslighting women. Yeah, women were gaslit. But, you know, by the way, you know, it's the same thing up there. They they went after faith leaders, Christian churches, Jewish synagogues, Muslim temples. I mean, every every single faith leader, you know, they came out with this mantra, you know, take the vaccine, you're helping your neighbor. What would Jesus do? I can sh- assure you that people were gaslit by doctors. I was gaslit. I had doctors tell me, oh, you're a Christian? What would Jesus do? Well, you know, Jesus wouldn't take a vaccine, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't take a deadly vaccine. So, you know, when, when, like Hitler said, you know, if you repeat a lie enough times, everybody will believe it. And that's what's happened in Canada and the United States. But there's a light here. There is a beautiful, shining light at the end of the tunnel. I can't speak for Canada, but I can speak for the United States of America. These liars and the killers of our government who's trying to kill us and is colluding with our healthcare systems to kill us and keep us sick because that's how they make money and that's how they retain the $5 trillion of U.S. tax money that was given to them to bribe them. They're not out for your best interest. I used to respect attorney. I'm sorry. I used to hate attorneys, even though I'm married to one. (laughs) I've always hated attorneys. Uh, um, I I don't like what they stand for. Um, That's changed, though. My two most respected professions were clergy whether they were, you know, Jews or Muslim or Catholics or Protestant, it, I respected people, uh, men and women, who served in that spiritual capacity. And number two, I respected physicians because I felt like their callings were more pure than attorneys. Guess what? I can't. I have zero respect for uh, for uh, faith leaders. I've lost all my Christian friends, all my Christian pastors, because they took this money and they pushed this deadly narrative on their congregations. Uh, all the faith leaders did. You, you know, so we were attacked from, I have no respect for physicians, zero respect for physicians anymore. You know, the vast majority of them know there's a problem. The good news is that the, the American people don't believe this BS anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the, the is that the light at the end of the tunnel? Like people are starting to wake up, yeah, which is definitely only, where I, 
Yeah, only one to two percent uptake on this new vaccine because the government lied. They make false claims. They said, oh, this vaccine is going to help these new variants in the future. That's a completely, by the way, illegal. The FTC should put these people in jail, their own administration. That's what they would do for physicians making false claims like that, even false claims of nutraceuticals versus a lethal drug. Right. So these are false claims. You cannot create a vaccine for a future variant. That's impossible, logistically impossible. So to say this variant is going to save you from getting COVID, save you from going to the hospital, save you from getting admitted and ventilated in the ICU in a hospital, save you from dying from uh, future COVID variants, that is a highly unethical, clearly scientifically invalid lie. By the time a vaccine is produced, the variant and the virus is new. It's mutated already. It's a rapidly dividing virus. This made no sense from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to take some deep breaths. <laughs> There's a lot of, I, I mean, oftentimes, um, even even people like Fauci say that the gen pop can't handle the truth. Okay. And, um, I've heard that multiple times in some of the investigations that I've done in some of the videos that I've watched of people testifying that we can't handle the truth. And a part of that is just in the knowing that the economics of health, the economics of war, the economics of big food, of big tech, the profits over patients mentality, the history of how America, I am not sure about Canada. I can't speak more to the American population. Um, Like even just with the opioid crisis, people don't know those things. They've never heard the rollout and how it's rolled out in the same way. The marketing of it, the brilliant marketing, the fear mongering, don't do it for yourself, do it for your neighbors, do it for your grandmother. sacrifice yourself and be virtuous and you will be rewarded by being the good guys and the heroes of this deadly thing that there's no, there's no disputing that in my mind. However, now that we are here, we are in this place. How can, what is happening? Why is infertility going down? Let's go down that road a little bit here. Is it egg quality? Is it sperm quality? Is it immune immunity, our immune systems? What's happening? It's it's all of the above. And and let me circle back yeah. to the story that you are asking about, the protein that you read about that then disappeared. Yeah. That protein was called syncytin. Okay. Syncytin. And um and was it in the vaccines? Yeah. It well. It was the mRNA sequence was in the vaccine of a syncytin-like protein, which then, of course, went to your cells. And that syncytin-like protein was created. Uh, It was shed into your body. And uh, this is, I'm hypothesizing now, this can't be proven. um, But this syncytin is a very, very important modulator of protecting the pregnancy. Um, It's very important for implantation. It's very important for the development of the placenta. Uh, We we have cells in the placenta called syncytiotrophoblasts, which actually fuse and 
and they have this incitin in them and they make a large layer and helps the placenta develop. If you don't have syncytin, you, you, you may well lose the pregnancy. Well, what some people theorize is that they did the exact same thing that the drug companies did in past decades in Africa, except they used the hormone HCG. If you look at the, uh, the uh, documentary from uh, RFKJ and Andy, uh, Wakefield in Children's Health Defense called Infertility, uh, The Diabolical Truth. They go through all this. Uh, that was, I think, filmed by by Mr. James Patrick over there, who has intimate knowledge, and I've visited with them extensively. What they did over there was covalently bonded the pertussis antigen in the vaccine to the HCG, the crucial hormone to sustain pregnancy. So they created, when you do that, the bodies of these beautiful young African girls, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12, would then develop an autoimmune reaction against HCG. So whenever they got pregnant, they would lose the pregnancy. It was devastating. So really, if you think about what they did, were logarithmically more technically refined attack on syncytin. Because now in this vaccine, instead of using HCG, they've used another, allegedly, maybe, I can't prove this, but this is the theory that syncytin was put in the mRNA sequence. So when it's transcribed uh, or translated, it turns into a syncytin like protein, not identical. So the body creates an antibody to it. And that could be one of the causes of the severe menstrual disturbances and the infertility. But I want to emphasize, I, there's no proof of this, but, but it, it's, certainly, it's certainly very possible. But there's many, many other causes. You know, it's important for your audience to know that, you know, there's about a trillion uh, lipid nanoparticles that go into your deltoid muscle, deep IM injection. We were told a lie. We were told that all those particles stay in your arm. They knew better. They lied to us. They're in the body all over within an hour and two. And the lipid nanoparticles have many toxins in them. A lipid nanoparticle is a sphere. It's like a little tiny ball with a, a fat covering over it. And in the fat covering, it's not man-made. There's several uh, very dangerous drugs in it, uh, the least of which is antifreeze, PEG, uh, uh, very toxic, uh, cationic lipid proteins, many other. It's unnatural, but inside it carries the, the lethal cargo. Uh, mm. And then that lethal cargo is the mRNA. It's not God-made, it's man-made, very dangerous. It codes for about 27 different proteins, including spike protein, which is the major bioweapon, and, and also syncytin-like proteins and 25 or 26 others. But my point is that that lipid nanoparticle goes everywhere, Elisa, everywhere. It was developed in the last you know, 20 years ago to cross the blood-brain barrier. So right, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It yeah. crosses a blood-testis barrier. It crosses a blood-ovarian barrier. It crosses a blood 
uh, maternal blood, placental, fetal blood barrier. It gets into the fetus. It concentrates in the fetus. In the fetus, it goes to crosses the fetal brain barrier. It crosses the fetal blood testis barrier. It crosses the fetal blood ovarian barrier. It crosses the fetal blood thymus barrier, the organ that produces lifelong immune function in a human being. It does, and and we know that it actually concentrates in the ovaries and testes. In the test, in the ovaries, you know, uh, the rate limiting factor of human reproduction is not a man. It's not the testes. It's the ovaries. It's a woman. A woman in utero only has one million eggs, five hundred, about five hundred thousand in each ovary, and and as soon as she's born. Those million eggs naturally start dying off in a natural physiologic process called apoptosis. And so by the time she's ready to uh, ovulate, you know, 12 or 13 years after birth, there's even far fewer. And then every single cycle, she will continue to have that, uh, uh, those eggs naturally die off. Well, what happens? That, that uh, toxic lipid nanoparticles are concentrated in the eggs. 118 fold in just 48 hours. And that's from animal data. That's from Pfizer's own uh, uh, Japanese pharmacokinetic Pfizer study. Documented that. Documented that. So it poisons and kills off the ovarian reserve. So why is it that some women are getting pregnant then? So like just this is scientific and I'm following you. However, in the real world, most people don't give a shit about that. They're like, oh, well, I'm getting pregnant and you're not. Or, oh, it was easy for me. Oh, I've this is my sixth kid. Oh, this is like and it just seems like so it's easy to justify and dismiss. Oh, birth rates are fine. Women are still getting pregnant. No, they're not. And they're, they're, they're not. And the birth rates aren't fine. And, you know, I think that what people don't understand the general public is that, you know, if you, if you think of a bell shaped curve, remember the bell shaped curve and you remember that in in statistics or in math and, you know, the middle of the bell is the 50th percentile. And then as you go uh, down the bell, you know, you go two standard deviations down to the low side of the bell that encompasses down to the 2.5th percentile. If you go to the other side on the tail of the bell, two standard deviations above goes to the 97.5th percentile. And then as you go, so what what you have to understand is that uh, human beings are biologically very, very diverse, extraordinarily diverse. So every, you can't, um, it's not all women um, that, and all men that are going to have a, allergic reaction uh, right. or a bad reaction. Listen, I'm convinced I didn't get the vaccine. I smelled a rat from the very beginning. I'd never get it. But, you know, I, I don't think I, I I'm just guessing I'd never. But I, I don't think I would have ever had a problem with the vaccine. I've never had a I've never had a problem taking any drug in my whole life. You know, uh, on the other hand, you take, you know, and I'll speak close to home as my wife. My wife comes from a family of four siblings, uh, four daughters. She's the youngest. She's the only one that, that did not take the vaccine. Her three sisters are vaccine injured uh, severely. Mm-hmm. So, so my point is that there's a lot of biologic variation. Now, there's also manufacturing variation. We we know that those there were two series 
of production of of actually the the physical production and manufacturing process the same the series 1 that was used for all the clinical trials as soon as they finished those they didn't use the same laboratory practices they went to a series 2 massive manufacturing process um and and you may see have seen the report um if not you should go to peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough's mm-hmm. Substack, you could pull it up right now on his X account. Uh, he and, and many others, and I reposted this too on my sub, on my, uh, uh, not my Substack, uh, on my X. I mm-hmm. think uh, Peter McCullough has a Substack and an X account. There, there were uh, documented now that in, in one lot, in one area, in the same injection site on the same day, there were 30 people killed by the mm-hmm. vaccine 30 people so so a lot of that um you know there there's this hot lots and was a hot lot was that purposeful was it a, a inadvertent manufacturing flaw or were there actual placebos that were put in there and uh, many people can make a strong argument for each one of those cases now the big item here is the plasma dna the plasma DNA, which is a circular DNA from an adenovirus, is contaminating, you know, almost, you know, 30, 40 percent of every single one of these vials. And this is extraordinarily dangerous. It contains the SV simian virus 40, which is an oncogenic, oncogenic cancer promoting gene. It's responsible for all of these turbo cancers. And listen, your doctor up there in Canada, one of my heroes up there, I have many Canadian heroes up there, but Dr. William Mackis, oh my gosh, follow that guy. This, he's an oncologist. What he, and, and he just doesn't limit his scientific uh, posts and publications to uh, oncology. He's published some incredible posts on maternal mortality, on, on every facet of this lie. He's a very, very brilliant young man, uh, William Mackis, and please follow him. Follow okay. his Substack. Go to his uh, his his X account. Every Canadian citizen, um, he does he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize, the 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 Congressional Medal of Honor, the Silver Star. He deserves to be knighted. Yes. Well, I mean, okay. So. There is no doubt in my mind that every single person listening knows someone with a vaccine injury. I mean, you like my my partner was vaccine injured. My mother, there was other family members. Um, I can't even tell you how many conversations I had with women that had irregular periods for one, two, three. Some some women that I know in their 40s, like myself, went into menopause. They've never got their period again. And it's like. Okay, so I'm hearing all these statistics. I'm getting gaslit by everyone. My doctor's telling me that I should get the vaccine. I say no. That and and I'm I'm not happy or or unhappy about that decision. That is a personal choice for me and I don't judge anyone who got vaccinated. I understand the pressure. I understand the psychological fuckery for lack of a better word that was endured like people did their best with the information that they had and they were given the wrong information and to this day it's it's still teetering on was it right or was it wrong because they they skirt the issues every time 
that they're caught in, in the lie. They skirt it somehow. There's someone to blame. They make someone else the enemy and they stay this hero. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch on the other side. It it, 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 it much is. And, and, you know, to your point, Elisa, you're, what what demonstrates that most beautifully? What a month ago, both the White House and your uh, nut job Premier Trudeau uh, come out with a straight face to say, "We never forced anybody to take the vaccine." Right? What, what we you, never forced. Oh, you only we, said it a thousand times a day. What, what are you talking about, jackass Trudeau? I know. What are you talking you about, liar? And and I people mean, even that now, guy like, belongs in jail. I know. I concur. And people that I know family members that I know say that they never forced me or they, 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 they were never um, against it. And they forget, they forget how, how, you know, the mandates from the face. They they don't forget. They they don't forget. They rewrite the narrative. Listen, yes, they have to uh, news alert, you know, news alert, spoiler alert. Elisa. Yes. None of your family or friends are going to come up to you or your colleagues. They don't have the ethical, moral, and intellectual integrity that you have or I have. They're never going to come up to you and say, Alisa, I'm so sorry I mocked you and scorned you and treated you harshly and called you a conspiracy. I was wrong and you are right. Thank you for helping me. Now, I would aspire you and challenge you to to do that to have the capacity to do that because i believe that's a crown of a true person everybody deserves to be wrong everybody Mm -hmm. we're human beings we're all sinners we all fall short of the glory of god we're all make mistakes we're allowed to make mistakes Mm -hmm. what we're not allowed to do is make mistakes and and hurt people and not admit it and repent and apologize. That's what we're not allowed to do. And there's very few people that can do that. Um, well, know, I'd have I've to gone- give I'd have to give cr- credit to my mom who was sending me studies on how it's not changing fertility rates, on how everything was fine. And she because she really wanted me to get pregnant and really wanted me. She was scared, as was I. I, I like I had an appointment to get vaccinated, and I just decided that day not to go. Like I was it captured by the fear. It was it was influencing me. I believed. I believed in the government. I believed in my doctors. I believed, and faith is 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 profound. And and we don't see it until we see it. And my mom had a wake up call uh, halfway through the pandemic, and she was like, "Oh my God, I see it. I get it. I'm sorry." And your mother did. Was, my mom did. Yeah. God she, bless her. So yeah. she deserves to be praised and honored. Yes. That's why I'm praising her right now. And other members of our family called her a Nazi. They called my mom a Nazi. And and it's interesting because her mother, my grandmother, who was alive at the time, she has since passed away, um, was lived in a Nazi-occupied concentration camp for five years of her life. We're from Poland. And People were calling myself and my mom Nazis. They don't even know what that word meant. It was the, it was their emotional dysregulation. They had to name call. It was the only defense they had to stay in that lie, to yeah. make themselves virtuous. So they're calling yeah. my mother a Nazi who has yeah. generational trauma from the war. 
And it, it's it's a fascinating thing what people do. As soon as people call, well, she, started name calling. Is she is she Jewish? No, we're, so we're she, Polish Catholics, but uh, we have a lot of Jewish sympathizers because yeah. Poland and the Jews, as yeah. as most people, most Jewish people know, the Polacks well, were nailed and gassed right. as well. That's we we know that, and mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm I'm sorry that happened to you and to your family, um, but you know. There's nothing new under the sun. What has been done will be done again. And, yes. you know, this is right off the playbook. You, you know, I have a new book that I'm sure, God willing it, you know. Yeah, t- let's talk, talk about it. What is it? Well, it's it's coming out. I don't have a title on the cover yet, although <laughs> I completed it six weeks ago. Well, good for I, you. I'm, my co-author is Celia Farber, an incredible journalist, and um, she's finishing it up. Uh, it's about vaccines and pregnancy. But the reason I bring it up is because one of the cool things that I do uh, in this book, and I'm a scientific writer. I, I can't, I, 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 I don't write non-scientific stuff. Got it. And um and so uh I I didn't want a ghostwriter. I wanted to write this book myself and I refused to have a ghostwriter. So I hired Celia to be a second author. Anyways, what what I've done in this book, I've been obsessed my whole life. My mother was a labor and delivery nurse. My mother delivered me at home. My mother was a labor and delivery nurse trained at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where I grew up, where I call my home. But, uh, you know, and as an adolescent, you know, I kind of got into her medical textbooks and I learned about Dr. Semmelweis in the mid 1800s. And and are you familiar uh, with Dr. Semmelweis? I am not. Well, let me tell you about Semmelweis, because um, what I do is compare and contrast Vienna, not not too far from your your heritage of, of Poland, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vienna in the, in eight, the mid 1800s. Dr. Semmelweis was an OBGYN, and he's he has I've been obsessively compulsively focused on him my entire life, and and that's why I went into OB. Little did I know, Elisa, little did I know that that I would be facing an event in the pandemic. You know, at age sixty-eight to seventy, I just turned seventy that I would be in an area, an epoch of time that I believe I was born for at age 70 that Mm. was far worse than the disasters of obstetrical disasters in the mid 1800s of Dr. Semmelweis in Vienna, University of Vienna Medical School and uh, Vienna lying in hospital in the mid 1800s. Let me tell you what happened there. And, and, what happened was that uh, Dr. Semmelweis was noted this horrible blighting of almost 50% in some months of beautiful, healthy, pregnant women after delivery would die. 50%, 50%. He figured out exactly why they were dying and what killed them. It was iatrogenic. It was caused by physicians in training uh, and, and young obstetricians going from the autopsy room up to the delivery room, infecting their mothers with probably what was group A beta hemolytic strep and dying of sepsis. 50% mortality, 50% of the women that went in there in some months. Yet, yet on the identical ward, parallel ward where midwives did all the deliveries, the, uh, the, the death rate was far, far, far uh, less. And, and the reason why is because they didn't go down to the autopsy room. Well, he proved it 
He even did studies to, that prevented it. What, what did they do? They persecuted him. They threw him away. They mocked him. They scorned him. They put him in hospital. They forced him to go into a psychiatric unit where he died. Does that sound familiar? That's what nut job Trudeau is doing to your physicians up there. I know him. So I'm comparing and contrasting Vienna in the mid 1800s with the world in 2020 to current. And the, 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 the similarities are striking. It was all power and ego and money. And mm-hmm. Semmelweis blew the whistle. He figured it out. So I compare uh, uh, the, the hero Semmelweis and some of his colleagues with the heroes of this day, like Dr. William Mackis, like Dr. Peter McCullough, like Dr. Pierre Corey, and, and really like yourself, okay? who's bold enough to speak the truth and come on a platform and fight this fifth generation war with truth. Okay, this is unprecedented. $5 trillion was put into hoodwinking the entire world that this was safe, effective, and necessary, even in pregnant women. I know. And to this day, my stance is just like, I want to be allowed to ask questions without being persecuted. And that's what happened. I stopped being able to talk freely. And I thought I lived in a free country. And I thought that I, you know, had, um, I had honest leaders and honest authority figures in my life. And I want to be asking questions. I do have a few more questions for you in terms of like actual, like the infertility. I want to get a little bit deeper. Why is it that like, is the vaccine a cause for the low testosterone in men right now? I heard a statistic that 80 percent in the 1980s, um, like there's been a rapid decline from since the 1980s. Yeah. And and I I will say I I was I'm not going to say unequivocally. No. What I'm going to say is unequivocally. It's one of the many players. I can go through the very many players uh, that. Yeah. Can you? So like, let's 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 pretend let's put the vaccine aside for a moment, because, yes, we there is conclusive evidence that it is causing infertility in men and women. What else is causing this? Uh, Listen, I, I, I have. I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. I, you know, I've, I've been focusing on, you know, not hundreds, but thousands of hours of study and thousands of studies that I've over the last few years on this. Um, So what I see, like I alluded to earlier in our conversation here is that there's been a gradual trend. Look it up. You can go to any, just Google birth rates, uh, global, you know, whatever it'll give it to you for a hundred years or for 50 years but it's it's at the turn of the century you know they started ever so slightly declining why well I, i nobody knows why because it would be impossible to prove but i can tell you why i think that that has occurred and i think it's a combination of the multiple uh poisons that we're injecting into our population number one including vaccines and multiple other drugs that are causing illnesses. Remember, the per capita income uh, uh, that goes toward healthcare in the United States of America, every single, not family, every single person in the United States of America, all 340 million, 
spend $12,000 a year on healthcare. It's that's so far off the scale compared to any other country. India only pays 64 bucks and their health grades are much better than ours. So what are the things going on with, with fertility and with uh, chronic disease? Chronic disease has skyrocketed, Lisa. Listen, listen up. This is of our budget is for United States of America. You know, it's 12,000 per person, but 12,000 per person, that's $4.1 trillion annually. And the 90% of that $4.1 trillion goes to treating chronic diseases that have no therapy. They're by and large just treated um, symptomatically. There's no treatment for the root cause. So there's been an explosion of chronic diseases. When I was born, the the incidence of of autism was one in 20,000, one in 15,000, maybe one in Mm 10,000. Now it's one in 30. One, I mean, so, so I don't think anyone's disputing the ADHD, the OCD, the, the turbo cancers, the turbo ALS. Now MS is involved in that autoimmune. uh, I think autoimmune disease, mm -hmm. blood clot, uh, infertility, obesity, auto, uh, chronic, uh, you could go on and on and on chronic disease, type two diabetes. So why is like, so what is the contributing? Like what are the things? so it's the drugs. By and large, it's the drugs, the the medications that were being prescribed, the vaccines that were being prescribed. But also think about some other things. All right, think about all the food additives. Think think about atrazine. Think about atrazine. You, at, you talked about fertility and yeah. men and sperm counts. Listen, atrazine was proven to transition female rats uh, i'm sorry male rats to females it's a what is where is it what's it in like where where can we find it's that? all over the it's uh, it's a okay. herbicide it's all over the country it's more common than glyphosate it's been used since the early 90s it's all next to our uh playgrounds you know t- uh, g- google it type in tyro dr tyrone hayes a brilliant african-american uh uh phd uh physician that that uh, has published extensively on it. And he reported this in the late 90s, Tyrone Hayes out of uh, University of uh, up in Northern California. And then he was completely destroyed. Pharmaceutical company attacked him because it was such a big moneymaker. That's just one of them. Glyph- glyphosate is another yeah, one. I've been on the glyphosate train for a while and the seed oils yeah. um, and the ultra processed food uh, processing the excess sugar. Um, the, like the hidden chemicals, like, I mean, we kind of laugh it off and we see all these weird gums and isms and isms and, right. and, and but, shit uh, in our food. What yeah. the hell is that? It, exactly. And now and they're putting the gene therapies and now they're creating our own food, but there, there, there's even more, you know, if you go, if, if, if you look at, um, now look at, um, not only the glyphosate and the atrazine, what about graphene oxide? Graphene oxide has snuck up on us like a, like out of nowhere. What is that? that? What is that? Graphene oxide is a substance. It's a, it's a very unique substance, but it's been used uh, environmentally as a cleaning agent, and uh, it it uh, imparts a highly magnetic particles. Look at the chemtrails. Look at chemtrails. Okay, anybody with a brain who's been around on this earth can look at pictures, and if you're not observant the difference between a chemtrail 
and a normal calm trail, you've lost some objective uh, ability to observe things that are really important. A crisscross. Most people are there, though. They can't even they can't observe it. I would say 95 percent of the world is there because the alternative and you know, our top doctors and our, right. our, 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 our leaders are saying we can't handle the truth. Obviously. That's right. Yes, that's right. And, and, you know, prior administrations have admitted this for, you know, going back uh, 50 years post-World War II that they've been seeding the skies. That, that's nothing secret. There's, there's videos all over the, you know, all over showing actually massive civilian planes that are completely retrofitted with massive tanks to spray this. So this is some of the chemtrails are affecting fertility. I kind of want to hone it back in because, but we don't know. So, okay. So you have drugs, you have food, you have environment. Um, You're, you're missing some. Okay. Uh, Why, Wi-Fi. Okay. Wi-Fi. 5G. Yeah. And and also cell phone, uh, you know, uh, the legal limits for the uh, uh, for the boundaries, upper limits of normal uh, uh, legally boundaries for the power of those signal strengths is huge in North America. It's huge compared to the rest of the world. So I believe that all the things that we just talked about are contributing. Can I prove that? No, but I'm strongly suspicious of it. So what are your two or three top recommendations, whether you're vaccinated or not, for fertility to increase fertility? For example, my fertility doctor, I went and did all the testing. I did all the whatever, the scans, so did my partner. We were told we are totally 100% fertile, okay? And then we were told that we have a 2.8% chance of conceiving naturally. And I was like, well, why is that? And they said, because of my age, I'm 42. I was 41 when we had this. And I was like, I, but you didn't- I, I, I think I'm going to do an ID check on you. I was pegging you for 25. <laughs> okay. Thanks. You're hired. Um, so anyhow, I, 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 I felt, I found it odd that there, there was a statistic based on us both being fertile. I have a low follicle count both of us being fertile, but she never asked, when are you having sex? How, what, what's your stress level? What are your, you know, what are you eating? How is your life? (laughs) Are you sleeping? Um, What are your periods like? Like there was nothing. It was just the tests. And then she analyzed the tests and gave us that number. So psychologically, I was like, oh shit, I'm the problem. Anyhow, since that point, I have actually heard, and this you know, I don't want to spread rumors, but I have heard from a fertility doctor at the Ottawa Fertility Clinic, this is secondhand information because it was a story that was told not to me, that there was some stress and pressure from the powers that be to say that women and men are more fertile than they actually are so that they will opt into IVF. And then Ottawa is now should be rebranded as the Ottawa IVF Clinic. Because they're just pushing that. And that's what they did to us. It was basically, here's your percentage of natural childbirth. And what would you like to invest in, IUI or IVF? Yeah, I I, I can tell you right now, uh, the IVF industry, these are my colleagues, okay? They're OBG, they're American college, they're obstetricians that 
I, I'm board certified in OBGYN as is an endocrine infertility doc. Now I get board subspecialty certified in maternal fetal medicine, high risk obstetrics, whereas I could have done a board certified subspecialty in endocrine infertility. So those are my colleagues. I can tell you that they are the most, first of all, OBGYN docs are the most corrupted in the world. Why? Maybe next, um, because of all the bribe money, because we were targeted through the American College, through the the FOIA Re- Freedom of Information Act request that I, my wife and I proved and published. They're captured. They forced illegally all of their OBGYNs to push this. Otherwise, they would they would destroy their careers. Mm. In and and by the way, ACOG has jurisdiction, I believe, in Canada as well. Canada and Mexico, maybe. Um, there's sixty one thousand of us. That's why. It goes back to what I said. They targeted women for two reasons. Number one, marketing. Number two, pregnant women, safe, effective, and necessary. Okay, so, uh, and and the the these IVF clinics, they're all corrupted. You know, they're laughing all the way to the bank. That's another reason. You know, by and oh, large. Okay, and but like at the end of the day, people like me, we have to make these decisions. And they don't IVF care is- about you. They don't right. care about you. They care about lining their pockets. And here's the dirty truth. I listen. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of um, whistleblowers. Okay, Trojan horses all over the world. Okay, a lot of them, and I have several of them in IVF clinics. Several of the PhDs and the techs. They're telling me what's going on. IVF rates are failing, but they won't say anything about it because they're laughing all the way to the bank in the United yeah, States even, of America. They prepped us by saying that it's going to take three to five rounds to have right. a successful pregnancy. Right. And I was like, that's over $100,000. Right. That's exactly. It's a huge moneymaker. It's a whole thing with the transgender surgeries. It's a massive moneymaker or this whole new subspecialty of gynoplasty, of reconstructing. You know, God even. didn't, God didn't do it. Huh? Sorry, this it's like horrible. It's horrendous. It's it's, it's, it's horrible. Why? It's, it's it's a whole, it's a desecration of a woman. It's a desecration to God. I I mean to suggest that uh, uh, an obstetrician has to subspecialize and and go cut up a woman's genitals to make it look better than God did. This is an abomination. It's a money maker. And that's what's going on in reproductive infertility. These people are laughing all the way to the bank. Okay. They this is cash up front in the United States of America, Elisa. And yes. they're liars. I've got PhDs that are telling me that, you know, they're able to get a a fertilized ovum and an embryo, you know, to the two-stage, four-stage, you know, but at two to three to four to five days, those embryos are dying. Why? Before they because of the vaccine. So they for people that took the vaccine, the vaccine, so my partner took the vaccine um, or else he would have got fired. He works for the government. Um, he was coerced. I should say, I should make that very clear. Um, that being said, what, what can people do? Yeah. What um, can we do now? Yes. What? Okay. I, I would, for one, I would go to look at a parallel healthcare system. Yeah. You know, get, get in, look at, you know, this Mr. Foster Colson from Vancouver, he's a Canuck, he's a Canadian. You know, he's started this, uh, the wellness company. Yes. And, you know, the wellness company is incredible. Foster Colson, 
you know, uh, you know, I just spent the weekend with him. I mean, and his wife and his family and uh, the CEO, Peter Gillily. Um, these I got are to people, meet Foster Colson, actually. I interviewed him. Uh, it was cool. I, I, I love him and his yeah. wife, uh, uh, Steph, and Peter Gillily and his wife. Um, we were all together. Uh, and, and these are amazing people. These are people that are, uh, they don't, you know, Foster, they don't, they don't care about profit. They care about restoring healthcare freedom and restoring the physician-patient relationship. I love them. I stand by them. Um, now, here's the deal: that that you know they're not going to push products that that are harmful or deadly. We're not ever going. And by the way, I'm a member of the wellness company. I, I was honored to join Peter McCullough and Dr. William Mackis and and Foster and and many others. Uh, but we do focus on products that are healthy, that are effective, and we focus, we will never, ever focus on profit. We will never, ever, ever take underhanded, dirty, illegal contracts like all the other healthcare systems from the government so that we can line our pockets and push deadly drugs on our patients. That's never going to happen with Foster Colson. And, you know, there's a lot of other parallel healthcare systems out there, you know, and I don't care which one you go to, but get the hell out of the healthcare system. Don't trust your doctors. Your doctors are liars. Your doctors are bribed. And if they deviate from the narrative, they'll be fired. Um, so so you, you, you unfortunately can't trust them. Um, so, so there are, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We have, pro there's a product called spike support. I will, Spikes I will stop you right there because, um, I have to disclose that this episode and the podcast, the Elisa Unfiltered podcast is sponsored by spike support. So I just, you're, oh, you're is. bringing this up on your own. And I just want to let the people know that I, I approve this product, but I would love for you to talk about it. I just, Yes, the wellness spike support specifically is sponsoring this show. I just want to say that first and then continue, please. Well, thank you for clarifying that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not my job to push a drug or push products or anything like that. That's not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a science, uh, I'm a physician. I'm, um, but here's what I can tell you is that I think the spike support, there's no way that, um, that I or anybody at the wellness company will make a claim that this has proven to be therapeutic and beneficial because uh, it, it hasn't been because there's not a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial that proves that. And I would reserve that level of evidence before I would say, you know, this is proven to be effective. Uh, we can't say that. But let me say one other thing. Okay. There's never been a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial for any single one of the 100 vaccines on the schedule. Never. Never. Okay. So neither can the government make that claim. Now, having said that, the problems with the spike, uh, and there are some very, very reassuring data. Chen and colleagues just published a study from South Korea using NATO kinase showing uh, very, very impressive results, extraordinarily impressive results. Now, that's not a randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial. I don't expect you guys to get that in your audience, but that's <laughs> a pinnacle. It, but this is an observational, open-label study that's, that lends a lot of support to using nanokinase. Um, you know, there's several studies like that. Um, there's 
at least two studies like that. Natokinase has been used for over 20 years in Japan. There's several other medications uh, that uh, there's six naturopathic ingredients that we have in there, all of which I think um, could very well substantially degrade um, and um, detox you from the spike. And by the way, you probably are have spike. Um, yes, you probably so I've been taking it as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I assume you're being intimate with your husband. Yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, that's been known now. And we're about ready to publish a study showing that, hey, um, this shedding phenomena is real. And this yeah. is, comes from Sue Peters is a PhD from C, uh, Children's Health Defense and uh, Tiffany Prado, My Cycle Story. You may have heard from her and the rest of us, Brian Hooker and uh, you know, uh, many, many other Lenny Murphy and, and um, many of us across the country published uh, 18 months ago, our first uh, My Cycle Story uh, project manuscript. And it was published in the Gazette of Medical Sciences. We have another publication in process that's proving the shedding phenomena. And this is really important for you and for your audience. You know, we proved that the shedding phenomena occurred in women like you, um, for example, who came in close contact, intimate contact with your husband after he was vaccinated, um, that 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 affected you. Um, and, and you know what? They knew that because they told volunteers before the general rollout, December 1st, 2020, all the people that were involved and volunteered for the phase one and phase two and phase three trials, they told them, do not be intimate. Do not come near pregnant, you know, uh, be pregnant women. What, why did, but then when they rolled it out, they did not warn the general public anywhere in the world. But we have proof of that. So they knew there was a transfection phenomenon or a shedding phenomenon. We have proved that now. Um, and, and we believe that uh, what can women do, number one, uh, and men, don't take any more vaccines. Don't take any more drugs if you can. Wean off the the, the drugs that you're on. The vast majority of them are poisonous. Uh, they're they're not helping you. Uh, they they only have a downside. Uh, uh, so so get away from them. Don't take any more vaccines. You know, um, and then so take supplements to improve your immune health. Um, and and we at the wellness company, I'm I'm currently working, and I can't talk about it too much because it's proprietary. But we're working on a formula uh, for for couples, a male and a female, who are seeking fertility to have a baby. Um, Amazing. We're, we're, we're publishing and 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 going to be. Um, going to be rolling that out. It's going to be amazing. But there, it's very important. Your immune system is compromised. It's a compromise. Yours is from sleeping with your husband. Your husband's is whether you want to admit it or not. So vitamin D, you, you, you Canucks, my Canadian brothers and sisters, all right, you need to take maximum doses of vitamin D. Yeah. And I prefer the vitamin D3 K2 skin cream off Amazon. Okay. I believe that the pharmacokinetics, the absorption is better. And here's what I want you to do, uh, Elisa and, and audience. I want you to push that vitamin D to the highest level, whichever lab that you're using, get tested 
and take massive amounts to bring your levels up to the upper limits of normal, which is, depending on the lab, will be anywhere from 60, 70, or 80 nanogram per ml. And, and you know, you can get these labs drawn on your own without a doctor, you know, at least we can in the United States of America. So push it up. That's the most important thing. But also a couple grams of vitamin C a day, a couple drops of supersaturated iodine per day, you know, a couple drops in your glass down the hatch. Um, I'm taking and, uh, I'm taking um, an organic grass fed, grass finished bison liver supplement, which has a massive amounts of iodine in it for that reason. Do you suppose that that is sufficient? Um, I, I, I'm, I can't speak to that because I'm not familiar sure. with the product, but um, if, if, if you have a computer in front of you uh, or Zoom or your audience does, if you just go to Amazon and Google vitamin D3 K2 cream. Right. I'm talking with- more about the iodine, though, because the liver has massive amounts of iodine. I use um, I'm using D3 K2 drops from um, Athletic Greens, AG1. I don't know if you've heard of them, but okay. I'm sure the, the oral absorb the oral absorption is a little bit more inconsistent than the okay than the, the cream. Uh, okay, cream. Now, what I was saying, if you go to the same thing and you go to Amazon, um, and I'll do it right now uh, to get the exact the the iodine product that I use is um, um, it's super saturated iodine, and I'll find it for you um, here in a little bit. Um, it's um and i'm sure that you can get this uh and for everybody that is listening and that has taken the vaccine and is like guilty or feels bad about it or disgusting or ooey and you've made it this far in the podcast I, like i personally just want to say that that it's not your fault and now we have choices to make i am in the same boat i'm having infertility issues I possibly, cause I did get COVID as well. And that's another thing is COVID itself causing these issues or is it strictly the vaccine? No, it's a vaccine. I didn't see any problems uh, because with in 2020. Do you, you want me to share a screen and show you the product I use? Um, if you could just say it, I mean, you, I, it's, the it's people Jay listening Crow, can't see it. it. It's J Crow's, J Crow's Lugol solution, 2%. And, okay. you know, it's, it, it's, it's, I vetted that and it's safe. And I'm sure that, you know, the wellness company probably has, uh, I'm not sure if they market one like this, but it's in a lot of different products. I prefer the pure, uh, I, I love this J Crow's solution. And what I do is, you know, just put a, a couple, two or three drops in, in a, a glass of, of water and, you know, down the hatch. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very, very valuable once a day. Because Uh, right now, right now, the goal is to support our immune system and to help bring it back up. I've really heard a lot of influencers and people and doctors say that our immune systems can't be boosted. And I oftentimes wonder why they say that because for sure, our immune systems can be suppressed so if it is suppressed, there must be a way to kick it up, meaning boost it. Am I like on drugs no, here? I, <laughs> no, I I think you're right. I, I think that the more you can right now that you can eat better, that you can take all the supplements that I just talked about, 
Also, you know, the, the quercetin is, is really good. And bromelain is, is very mm. effective. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing is if you or your husband have symptoms consistent with shedding or consistent with some type of vaccine injury because you're infertile, I would strongly recommend a course, either prophylactic or therapeutic, of either hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or both, um, mm-hmm. because I think that that um, these are very, very safe drugs. Uh, I've vetted them. I've used them. I feel comfortable even in pregnant women prescribing them. Um, so yeah. so these are the products that 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 I would feel very comfortable getting. The other product um, from from the wellness company that that I am a big supporter of is the emergency medical pack. Listen. Oh yes, we don't have it here in Canada. I don't think. Or no, there's they're making an emergency medical pack for vaccine injuries. I've heard. We have yeah. it. You can get it through the wellness company in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can order it through us, and you oh, know, okay. I'm telling you that this is this is extraordinarily important. We have eight prescription drugs. Including uh, including ivermectin, including um, several other antibiotics that are extraordinarily important, very important, potentially life saving. And you know you can get all these in one box with one call, including a free consultation. Now I've been I've been, you know, for 25 years since before Y2K, I've been uh, stocking up on important drugs like that. And and let me tell you something. It served me, my family, my friends, and my patients very well. Because um, Elisa, even in the best of times, in the middle of a weekend, or or even after hours on a weekday, you can't get drugs like that. Certainly, you can never get eight of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And with the supply chain problems that we're having, the two wars the threats from our government that more diseases and sicknesses are coming. Every family household in the world needs at least one of these medical packs. Very important. You can't duplicate it. You know, you, there's no way you can call up a, a physician and say, okay, I want these eight drugs and I want, you're, that's never going to happen. No, no physician in the United States of America or in Canada is going to do that. We will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that, that about the wellness company. And I am looking at the time. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, we have deep dived into so many things. I really appreciate your candor and your um, passion behind all the work that you're doing. Again, I highly respect doctors who are speaking out against this, this narrative especially because you have everything to lose. Why would you be lying? I trust you more because you have everything to lose. And I don't think that that's a psychology that many people possess. They, they, they listen to the looping narratives that they were born into and the belief systems and ideologies that they were born into. And I am thankful to have woken up and broken free. And I know many listeners of the Elise Unfiltered podcast are still listening right now. And they are thankful for this information and for people like you who are stepping up to the plate for, for the average, for the average person, because it's not fair. It's not fair. We're getting screwed. We want to live long, happy, prosperous, passionate lives. The illnesses are getting like, 
it's, it's absurd to me, the idea that, you know, I've heard on other people's podcasts, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about how healthcare doesn't want you to die. They want you to stay sick for as long as possible. That's how much, how they make their money. And it makes so much sense. And I'm seeing it now. I believe in Canada. I don't know the state, the statistic, but I heard it. And it's somewhere along the lines of, of 65% of people over 55 are on one or more drugs for the rest of their life. And that is a huge win for big pharma. It's a huge win for, to line the pockets of the people that, and, and, I mean, my mom, who is turning 69, I believe this December, does not take any drugs. And her her friends are like, what? Her physician's like, what? You're not taking any medications? It's like she's an anomaly. And this is just becoming normalized and normalized and normalized. And we need more people to be talking about this shit because it's not cool. It's not right. And there are many ways that we need to take our power back and start leading healthy lives again. This... It, as opposed to the stagnant, lazy, take a pill instead of doing the work. Like human beings are meant to suffer. We're meant to go through hard times. We're meant to endure and persevere and build immunity. We're meant to get sick. It's almost like they've even put the blinders on. People forget that that illness is even was even a thing before COVID. It's like they think the only the only thing that kills people right now is COVID. <laughs> And it's like, it's like they forget that people got sick when you have a cold or a cough. It's like they apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not COVID. Don't worry. It's not COVID. It's like, okay, well, people die. In fact, more like I I looked at a statistic. Sorry, I'm rambling now in 2020 about uh, the number of deaths in Canada per month. Okay, now our population is a heck of a lot smaller than yours. But there was something along the lines of like 28 to 30,000 deaths a month, just of all cause, all cause deaths. Okay. So that equates to somewhere in the realm of 300 to 360,000 deaths a year. And people don't, they couldn't even wrap their mind around that number. So when our death toll from COVID hit like 10,000, that was just like the most severe thing that's ever reaped the planet. They don't, they can't differentiate because they're sold a narrative. The narrative gets embedded into the brain and it just repeats all mass. And oh my God. Okay. My rant is almost over, but anyhow, I want to thank you for being here and speaking to this because for Christ's sake, someone's got to do it. So thank you. Well, thank you for your truthing and thank you for your platform. You know, I'll, I'll just close by saying that, you know, there was a famous American, uh, gosh, now back in the early 60s, and she was under the Kennedy administration. Yeah. And her name was uh, her name was Frances uh, Oldham Kelsey, and she's an American hero. She stood up at the FDA, and she blocked in 1961, 1962, 1963. She blocked the the horrible drug thalidomide from coming into the United States of America. Do you remember thalidomide? I do not. Thalidomide was a horrible drug that caused uh, severe abnormalities, literally to 100% of the pregnant women if they oh, got the right yes. at the right time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One dissenting voice, one true scientist at the FDA blocked. Now, a lot of Americans took it, but off label. 
Frances Oldham Kelsey is an American hero. She stood up as a solitary woman, and she was awarded on stage by President Kennedy in 1963 before he was assassinated with a Medal of Freedom. And she must be rolling over in her grave because all of the uh, prostitutes, uh, if you will, um, that work there now, um, in, including all of the directors, um, and, and I, I should list their name, but I'll, I'll have mercy on them. They know who they are, and they don't have the courage and the truthfulness, and they've been capitulated their, their ethics and their morality. They've taken money to push this false narrative. There's no more, you know, uh, Oldham uh, Kelsey's around to, to do this anymore. She must be rolling over her in her grave right now. But thank you for all you do. Thank you for having me on. I'm Dr. Jim Thorpe, OBGYN Maternal Fetal Medicine of Pensacola Gulf Breeze, Florida. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week. You too. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.